Introductory, thanks. Introduction, really. Well, happy Mother's Day. We're so happy that you joined us. I look at all these beautiful moms out here. You guys look so beautiful. You guys are incredible. And um, honestly, not only are moms awesome, but anybody raising a child, I look at you totally different. I mean, in the fact, like, if you're a grandparent raising a child, if you're an aunt or an uncle, you guys are incredible. Anybody that has raised a child in general, I've, I've learned that you are amazing, okay? And I, I, personally, I think that we moms are just superheroes in disguise, um, you know, because we, we're just in disguise because we've got our messy buns, right? We've got our, our workout pants, our yoga pants. We don't know the last time that we've worked out. And we have snacks in our purse. So if that isn't the making of a superhero, I don't know, honestly, what is. And I get it now being a parent. Like, I, I spoke last year at Mother's Day, and I'm kind of eating some of my words because I said, and there's nothing wrong with being a dog mom, but I'm eating my words because I said that being a dog mom was similar to being a parent. I get it. It's nothing. It is nothing like it. So I'm eating my words. I'm asking for your forgiveness. And uh, you quickly realize, thank you. <laughs> you quickly realize there are similarities. Yes, they poop, they pee, they do those things. But it is so different. And so I get it. And I, I realized over the last nine months um, that, that parenting is not easy, that, that motherhood is beautiful, but it's also so difficult. And uh, parenting, it, it's no joke. It's not for the faint of heart. And my child doesn't even speak yet. So that's where I am, okay? That's physically where I am, where I'm like, oh my gosh, like, this is, this is a journey. And I want to show you um, some of these. Don't put them up yet. Um, between expectations of parenting and like reality of parenting, and um, I mean, with Daniel, we were like, we just could not wait for him. Like, we were like, hey, just, I mean, if he would have been there, we would have been like serving him with a silver platter, right? So we had his room done. We got everything done. Like, I'm almost 17 weeks, and I don't have like the room done at all. I think at this point, like, we were done with Daniel's room. We had everything. We made the mistake of putting together the crib downstairs in our living room <laughs> we maneuvered it up the stairs and we could not get it into his room and so now we know i'm about to order my crib this week and where is it going it is going in her room that is where it's going to get situated i think the crib stayed in our bedroom for like two or three weeks because we're like we just we're not going to deal with it we're not going to deal with it but so you're just like doting over this child you don't know yet, and you're just, uh, you're just like, oh my gosh, I can't imagine what parenting's gonna be like, what it's gonna feel like, what it's gonna look like, and uh, until they become a parent, you know what I'm saying? Where you're like, now with this baby, it's like, if I got the time. Like, I did a little damage yesterday. <laughs> Amen? Okay. But I did a little damage to the card yesterday because I was like, I got to get some of this stuff ready. Poor girl's going to not have anything. I haven't even bought clothes. I bought shoes. But those, I have not bought anything. Isn't that the difference between first child and second child? 
okay, I'm getting off subject. Let's put some of these um, reality versus, uh, or expectations versus reality. Go ahead, put the first one up. Sleep, oh my gosh. That's what we think parenting is gonna be like, right? Just this beautiful, restful sleep, and that is reality. That's really what it is. If you have your children sleep with you, if you ever napped with your child, I put Daniel in my bed, and somehow he maneuvers, and he like, he makes an H shape, and where does his feet go? Kicks me, okay? It doesn't go to dad. It kicks at me. Next one. There we go. What you thought parenting would look like, what it actually is. Is that not so true? Oh my gosh, I was like, yes, it is like, you don't just skip through the meadow together. Like you are breaking up fights constantly. And I don't know about you, but my child's nails are like raptors. I mean, they, they claw at you. So I'm there. And that's going to be us next Mother's Day. I'll talk to you about that picture when I have both my children. Maybe I'll bring them both up here. Next one carrying your child oh my gosh you just think it's gonna be so wonderful and it's just so blissful and the reality is this they poop and they pee on you I have experienced that I have experienced the poop my poor um uh cousin-in-law at Easter he was holding Daniel and he just Daniel blew it out it was all over him and we're like did it get on you Taylor he's like yeah, it's okay, I changed though. I'm like, oh my gosh, I am so sorry. Next one, messes. Oh, like it's just gonna be a teachable moment. Let's teach them how to clean up their room. And it's like, this is what they do. This is exactly what they do. And uh, I don't know. I don't know how our house becomes such a mess. We just cleaned it like two days ago. And I'm like, you don't even walk. I don't know. I don't know. Next one. Expectation of date night, okay? We have this great expectation of like, we get to get out. It's date night. Let's go for a fancy dinner. Let's go to Over the Rhine. Let's go do this. And I'm like, honey, because he's like, he's like, babe, let's go. Like, let's go. Let's go to Cincinnati. I'm like, honey, I just want to eat pizza and I just want to sit on the couch. Like, Daniel is away. Like, let me do me. I just want to sit on the couch. And uh, a couple nights ago, we had Daniel, but babe, we were out cold, nine o'clock on the couch. We were done. We were done. So that date night does not look like that. And that's okay with me for now. For now. Continue on. As a photographer, okay? <laughs> As a photographer, you get those, okay, it's like one out of 15 pictures that you get that, okay? Um, usually with kids, you have like this small amount of time that they're good, but half of the pictures, I should have put the one up of Daniel, I put up him and Raina in the swimming pool, and the first five pictures, he is crying and literally trying to get out of the pool. I mean, those are the ones we really need to put up, right? Because that's like really what happened. So... I am sure you guys have experienced that at one point or another. Continue on. Taking a picture of your kid, right? I mean, that, that's all they want to do. They just want to put their hands in their mouth. They just want to be goofy and silly. And you're looking at them like you better straighten up. Continue on. And me as the mom photographer, I'm like, Daniel, Daniel, you know. And I can, I can barely get a good picture of that child. 
Okay, when your kid starts acting up in public, <laughs> quietly, I will kill you. Okay, there's a reason I'm learning Romanian. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, there are some things only you and I are going to understand here, buddy. Uh, I, I, that's not a joke. I really am learning Romanian. And there are some things you will probably hear me in the hall saying that only he will understand. <laughs> Continue on. <laughs> what if I told you your dad also knows how to pour a glass of milk? <laughs> you know, like, there's something beautiful that, like, you know, I'm done. I don't know. This is my experience. Go ahead. Um, I had worked a long day at work, and um, go ahead to the next slide. And uh, I got home, and I just said, this was, this was on Thursday, and I'm like, I just need a few minutes. I've worked a long day. Yes, you can see my face. I just put myself in a little burrito. And here I get home and Garrett's playing with Daniel and feeding Daniel. He's on the other end of the couch. Here comes Daniel all the way on the couch. He had to get to me and all he did want was want to climb on me. And I'm like, Daniel, can you go back to daddy? He had to coerce him back by his little uh, game that we play on the phone. Because I'm like, go to daddy. Go to daddy. He didn't want to go. He wanted to climb all over me. You could tell by my face. I was trying to enjoy the moment, but I was like, oh, child, oh, child, continue on. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Cool. That's a little plug. If you have not signed up yet, do it now. Okay, 10 minutes before we get in the car, 5 a.m. Sunday. Yeah, I, that is very true. It's like... I have, I have no idea. That's, that's, I, I feel like that happens to me, and I have to weigh it out. I'm like, do I really want to go out at nap time? I don't know. I've really got to weigh the options here. <laughs> Continue on. Every ounce of energy has been zapped from your body, but you still have kids to take care of. <laughs> You're like, I don't know how I'm surviving right now, but I am a zombie but you still have to be fed. So I feel like that's a lot of us. That, that's a great movie, by the way. And he's driving. Go ahead. <laughs> you are surrounded by toys. Are you not entertained? Okay. Play the video, because I have experienced this more times than not. And I'm sure you parents have too. Daniel, are you bored? 
Okay, yeah. So I experienced that. I'm like, are you not entertained by what you have around? You could do like 360 or 180, whatever that. Spin yourself around. Like, but all you want to do is, ah, ah. It doesn't matter how many toys are on the ground. They're not happy. They're not happy. Continue on. When people without kids, me, kids tell me they're exhausted. I do laugh. I'm like, oh, you're exhausted. Okay. <laughs> Imagine like the new parents. They're like extra exhausted, right? So that, 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 that cracked me up. That's why we go to bed so early now. Go ahead. <laughs> me at 25 after a quick five-mile run. Me at 35 trying to buckle my kid into a car seat. <laughs> it is, no, especially if you hold my child, he's 23, 24 pounds, I'm talking to myself, getting from place to place, like, just get to the car, just, okay, next thing, buckle him in, you know, it's like, I get exhausted just walking from places, go ahead, next one, silence is golden until you have a toddler, in that case, silence is very suspicious, yeah, do you guys, Corey and Kelsey, yeah, I'm sure that's like a a big thing, we don't know, we don't know that yet, but I'm sure we will. And all you other parents, you know. You know it's very suspicious. Continue on. Just put the kids to bed. Freedom. I have said that before. My new song is, Mommy can't wait till you go to bed. Just a few more hours to go. Like, oh my gosh, I sing that to myself to just like, once he's finally in bed, I'm like, yes. You know, and then I'm like, oh, I think I've done the Braveheart thing before. Go ahead. This is for all you grandparents. Grandparents be like, one little snack before you go home. <laughs> Jody gets him everything. And I mean, I'm just happy my child is fed, but continue on. <laughs> when grandma hears you haven't eaten. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why, what, what it is with like mothers and grandmothers when you haven't eaten. I don't know. I don't know. My mother did not raise me that way, but... You know, that is so true. Continue on. Um, this, is, this is one of my favorite pictures of, of Jody and Daniel. Uh, we, were, we couldn't go back to the room when Raina was born because it's not our, it wasn't their child. So we had to sit in the lobby. And so they were taking pictures. And that's what, like, being a grandparent, you get those cute pictures. Well, this is what I get, okay? This is the look I get most of the time at home. That. <laughs> like, what, mom? You know, he's cute and all, but he was just like, he was, he was done with me that day. Continue on. I think there's one more. Grandparents be like, sure, have another. She's got three lollipops in her hand. And grandparents, that's true, right? Y'all do that, right? Is there one more? One more. This is great. You, uh, you know you're a grandparent when you used to get mad at your kids and now you laugh when your grandkids do the same thing. <laughs> I thought that was a good uh, note to, to end on. But you know, it's so true. Like, you, I mean, you, you as a parent, you got to get on your kids. And I've had to um, discipline Daniel and both Jody and Nanny are like, I'm like, he better know he can't do that. No way, Jose. I've spanked his butt several times. And they're like, aww. I'm like, y'all wouldn't have put up with it. 
But make it, yeah, okay, I will be the bad guy, but I'll be doing that to his kids too, so. But some of the expectations, you know, we've all had moments similar to these ones, and uh, Garrett and I were headed back um, from Florida on vacation last week, and um, it was just a, it was a long day, and so we had front row seats, and we were the last ones to get on the plane. I don't want to see everybody walk through the plane. I'm not there to just, I just want to get on last. And so we get on, and then we're sitting at the, the run, sitting on the runway for 45 minutes because there's 16 planes in front of us. And so we finally get up in the air, and it's like uh, 20, 20 minutes into the flight, and... Um, this little baby next to us was maybe a little bit older than Daniel and just starts screaming and just bloody murder. And um, I was like watching this whole situation take place because we're all nosy. Come on, we want to see what happens. So she's trying to like muffle her with the blanket. She's trying to do all of this stuff. And she just, she, you know, she exhausted her resources and she, as I continued to watch this situation without being super obvious, all of a sudden I just saw her wiping tears. And um, I was, I, in that moment, I wasn't even like annoyed. Bef- if I would have had kids, or before I had kids, I would have been really annoyed. But in that moment, I gave her so much grace because I said, I've been there. I know exactly what you're going through. And just watching her wipe away the tears was like, I wanted to reach out and say like, you're gonna make it, like you're gonna be okay. It's, and cause I had an experience uh, about a month or two ago and I took Daniel out and um, I, he was just super fussy that morning and I just wanted to go to Home Goods. I just wanted to get there and he pooped in Home Goods and so the poop got on me and I put him in the car seat and he's screaming and I finally get him home and I'm trying to change him and all he wants to do is roll and he's got poop all over and he just wants to roll and he's crying and fussing and I literally just silently start crying. And maybe it was pregnancy hormones, but I just, I remember it was like, I just started crying because I'm like, can, I can't do this. <laughs> and I think when you're in those moments of like, I don't know what to do. And so I just started crying and I let myself have a few moments of pity. And I, I wiped away the tears. I turned them over and I just went on about my business. And we've all had an experience like that. We've all had an experience where we felt like, I can't go on. I don't know what to do. And maybe you haven't had a physical experience, but maybe it's been spiritually, mentally, physically, socially. And all of us can attest that financially we have felt it. Because you know what? Parenting is hard, you know? And if we're honest, we're really, really, really honest this morning. Um, a lot of us parents or anybody raising a child would honestly say, I'm just surviving. And, and we're surviving day by day, literally hour by hour, and even more than hour by hour, we're surviving moment by moment. And I think it's in those moments that we have this opportunity to see that 
we can move past the pain. If we can just see in that moment, we can move past the pain. And if we can look to the promises that God has laid out for us, and promises don't always come without pain. A lot of the time when we're given a promise, it does really come with pain. And sometimes it, it is a physical pain, it's a physical burden, but a lot of the time it's spiritual. That's just what growing pains do. And I know that we don't like pain and I don't like telling you from the pulpit that you're gonna experience pain, but pain is what makes us turn to God. We look at, we see it time after time in Job and um, with Jacob wrestling, but we have this blessed assurance um, that God is with us, that he'll never leave us nor forsake us. So that's what really can, can push us through in those moments. So I want to bring you to a scripture in Exodus 23. So if you have your Bibles, um, turn with me. I should probably get there too, but I've got it here. I love the word of God. And I love, I challenge you to um, bring your Bible. I've been doing it lately, and it's been a game changer because... Um, you get to physically feel the tangible word of God. And then as like Pastor Garrett usually is like teaching, I'm like reading and I'm going, oh my gosh, it's so good. And I'm circling. So I really encourage you to bring your Bibles and, and get this in your hand because your phones are good, but this is better. And it's not unholy to write in your Bible. Okay. Exodus 23 20 says see I am sending an angel ahead of you to guard you along the way and to bring you to a place that I have prepared and see God can send things in your life that you can't um, or it says pay attention to him and listen to what he says see because God can bring things into your life that you won't be able to access because you're so focused and your attention is somewhere else that you totally miss what God is doing on something so silly, stupid, and menial that you're not even focused. That's why I love what it says. And you can't even see the wisdom, the guidance, the instruction, the vision, or the provision because you're focused on the wrong things. And it says, do not rebel against him. He will not forgive your rebellion since my name is in him. If you carefully listen to what he says and do all that I say, I will be an enemy to your enemies and I will oppose those who oppose you. I will be an enemy to your enemies and I will oppose those who oppose you. And this is God, this is God speaking. And that's how much that he cares about his people. He says, I care about you. I care about what you care about. I will be an enemy to those that are an enemy to you and I will oppose those who oppose you. And I mean, think about you. When somebody talks about your kid, whole new realm starts to come up in you. Verse 23 says, My angel will go ahead of you, and I will bring you into the land of the Amorites, Hittites, Prezites, Canaanites, Hivites, and Jebusites, and I will wipe them out. It says, Do not bow before their gods or worship them or follow their practices. Do not bow down before them or worship them, and do not follow their practices. Because once I get them out of your way, don't get in your own way by doing what they did. And sometimes God wants to remove something in your life, but you still trip over it like it's still there. God's removed it, but you're still struggling. You're still, you're not seeing at all. And it says, you must demolish them and break their sacred stones into pieces. Worship the Lord your God and his blessing will be on your food and your water, and I will take the sickness away from among you. And none of you will miscarry or be barren in your land. I will give you a full lifespan. 
verse 27 says, I will send my terror ahead of you and throw you into confusion, throw into confusion every nation that you encounter. I will make all your enemies turn their backs and run. I love that. And I will send the hornet ahead of you to drive out the Hivites, Canaanites, and Hittites out of your way. But I will not drive them out in a single year because the land would become too desolate and the wild, wild animals too numerous for you. And it continues on to say, little by little, I will drive them out before you until you have increased enough to take possession of the land. Little by little. And a lot of the time, you, we don't see those things. We don't see the little by little, you know, we don't see our kids growing right in front of us. We don't see what God is doing necessarily all around us. And that's why we need grandparents to tell us, hey, your kids are growing. They're so big. You know why? Because you're with them every day. And when you're in the vision, when you're doing things, you're just grinding and you don't always see what's around you. In verse 31, the last verse says, I will establish your borders from the Red Sea to the Mediterranean Sea and from the desert to the Euphrates River. And God is giving his people the resources that they need for the responsibility that they are facing. And God always has the resources and the promises ready before he gives the assignment. He's not this God that just is like, oh, I think we'll figure this out on the way. No, he had, in this scripture, what we see is that he took us from step, step by step. He laid out the plan for them and said, I'm not gonna just do this in a year, but little by little, I'm gonna do it until you're ready enough to yeah. take yeah. the land. And so the greater the assignment, the greater the assistance. We have to remember that. And God does not promise that, you know, that the assignment, aka parenting or whatever grandparenting, uh, is going to be easy. He never says that in the word, that it's going to be easy. And he doesn't say, hey, I'm gonna give you immediate relief. I'm gonna just make sure all of it goes well for you. But he, what he does say in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, he says what? My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. And see what we see time and time again in scripture, and that's what I love, is that if little by little that we follow the path that God has set before us, if we do not grow weary in well-doing, that we will reap the harvest. If we don't give up when we're on the brink of breakthrough, what God can do and the promises that he has for us on the end, if we can just continue on. And I love this in, in 1 Samuel. It, um, if you want to turn with me, 1 Samuel 9. Um, we are introduced to Saul and we see that his father was a very uh, wealthy, influential man from a tribe, the tribe of Benjamin. And we learn in the word, I don't know why the word tells us this, but we learn in the word that, tall, that Saul was like tall, dark, and handsome. And that he was just very tall in stature. And we see this in scripture, like David. David was a very handsome man. And Esther was a very beautiful woman. And I'm like, I can't wait to see these people because I think, like Pastor Garrett talked about last week, I think I'm gonna use the man scale and use the numbers and then judge them according to the numbers. Like, eh, I think Saul was more like a six or seven. I don't know. Uh, I don't know where he lands on that. But um, anyway, so we see that he's this tall, dark, handsome man, and his father's donkeys had gone astray, not just like one, but like the donkeys. 
had gone astray. So like any father, we, he says, you go find him to his son. So Saul ended up taking a servant with him, and he didn't just go through one land, two lands, three lands. He was on his, he went through four lands, and they were coming up to the fifth land, and, and Saul's like, done. I can't take it anymore. We've gone through, I mean, it's like going through five states and not finding your destination. And he's like, I'm done. I just, I can't do it anymore. I can't take it. And he had just, he had totally given up. And he's like, let's go back because my father's going to worry about us and, well, worry about me. And uh, he's not even, he's going to forget about the donkeys. And in verse 6, um, the servant says, not so fast, there's a holy man in this town, and he carries a lot of weight around here. What he says is always right on the mark. Maybe he can tell us where to go. And see, it's like in those moments that when we feel, and I felt in these moments where I'm like, I, I can't go on any longer. And it's in those moments that I've always had people coming and encouraging me and saying, don't give up yet. You've got this. Hey, your kids aren't always going to act like that. Your kids aren't always going to have an attitude. Your kids aren't always, always going to be ungrateful. You know, we need people in our lives to say, you've got this. You're doing a good job. Keep moving forward. And in verse 7, it says, Saul says, if we go, what do we have to give him? There's no more bread in our, in our sacks you know, I have no more energy. I have more gray hairs that I, can, I can't even keep up with them. You know, I can't keep covering them. I, I, I haven't had a date night in seemingly forever. My life doesn't look like what everybody else's li life looks like or what I see on social media. These other moms are just killing it. They're so much better than me. And he says, we've got nothing to bring as a gift to the holy man. Do we have anything else. He's like, I've, I, I have nothing else to give. And what I believe as I read that scripture, I believe that Saul was listening to the lie of the enemy that said, what you have within you is not good enough. And we do the same thing. We try to externally fill. We try to look the part, play the part. We try to do everything we know how to do when God is just simply saying, I just need you to be. I just need you to come. I just need you to give what you can. And if that's, you have nothing, come. Because we have to remember that where, what he assigns, he assists. In verse 8 and 9, says, the servant spoke up at just the right time. He said, look, I just happen to have this silver coin. I'll give it to the holy man and he'll tell us how to proceed. Have you ever been in that moment where somebody near you, somebody gives you a word, something that says, this is exactly what you need. I have what you need to get where you need to go. He just happened to have, like he didn't know he had a silver coin. Okay. But verse 10 says, good, let's go. And they set off for the town where the holy man lived. And in chapter 10, the very next chapter, we see that Samuel anoints Saul to be king. And what if, band, you can start to come up. What if Saul would have um, given up? What if he would have just said, okay, I'm done. Uh, you know, I can't do this anymore. Um, 
I just, I need to be back with my father. I just need to be back in my comfort zone. I just need to do me. You know, he would have for, forfeited his, his entire anointing. Everything that God had first placed in front of him, he would have forfeited because of a temporary pain that he felt in his life. Because he just couldn't physically go on. He couldn't mentally go on. He couldn't spiritually go on. And that temporary pain is just a feeling. It's just a moment. And we've all been in these crossroads that we make these crucial decisions. And if you haven't been at one, you will be at one because every step of our life is I can either go this way or I can choose to go that way. And I, and I think about all the parents that choose to send their kids to Zion Christian Academy. Um, and a lot of them are sending their kids, they're paying for an education that they don't necessarily have to pay for. But they're saying, I'm willing to temporarily feel this pain, the financial pain, um, because I see that my child is benefiting from the word of God. I see that my child is growing, they're learning, and they're being raised up in the word of God. And they feel the pain. I've talked to some parents and like, you know, we're canceling, we, we can't go on vacation, you know? We can't go out to eat as much as we did. You know, we're having to make some cutbacks and, um, or, you know, it's like, for the, some people, it's like, I'm, God is make, making me face the addiction of Starbucks and like not letting me get Starbucks. And as a parent, you have to make a ton of very difficult decisions because like I said, parenting is not easy and it comes with loads of prayer and seeking wisdom. I cannot say it enough as a parent, you have to seek wisdom around you because I don't know what I'm doing, but I know that you have a solution for me. And it's easy to be selfish. It's in these moments of the crossroad that I can say, you know what? I, I want to be selfish because I just can't take it anymore. I can't do it anymore. But it's easy to be selfless for our kids because you know that the end goal is the, what is so beautiful. And you don't see the promises of God right away, but you will. And I think that that's what we have to hold on to this morning. Whether you're a parent or you're not a parent, that God has an assignment for you. He's got a promise ahead of you. And there's going to be pain. There's going to be schoolwork. There's going to be, if you want to get to graduate college, girls, you've got to go through the pain of schoolwork. And that takes time and endurance and you're going to feel it and you're going to feel it in your social life but if you can just keep going on I promise you that you'll see the promise at hand and here's the beautiful thing that I've realized you don't get a pat on the back from your kids saying you you're doing a great job mom you're so wonderful you don't get that you know when you do get that when your kids have kids and they say thank you so much mom and dad for raising me the way that you raised me. Thank you so much for sacrificing. I see what you sacrificed and you did it for me. I see as my, uh, my dad, as a single parent, how he chose to make sacrifices that I didn't see in the moment. I was ungrateful in the moment, but I see that everything that he did for me, he was putting himself down 90% of the time and thinking about himself 10% of the time. I think about Jody and Jody, how they raised 
the boys, how many sacrificial things that they did, how many vacations, how many things that they put down. And I benefit from that because I am married to one of the greatest men on earth. I know that all women think that, but I am. And that's because they made they made a stand. They took a stand that said, I'm going to make sure that little by little that we continue to head in this direction and I'm reaping the benefit. And not only I get to reap the benefit, but who really gets to reap the benefit? Eleonora and Daniel really get to reap the benefit of having a great dad right in front of them. So you don't get a pat on the back. You usually don't get this encouragement of saying, you're doing a great job, keep going. And it's nice when you do get it, but a lot of the time you gotta pick yourself back up from the bootstraps and say, I've got this. Give yourself a quick moment of tears. Pity yourself, whatever, for a few moments and then say, I've got this. And sometimes, even in the Word, it says you've got to encourage yourself because you have an assignment and if you don't do the assignment, you're going to forfeit the promises and the anointing that God has for you. So little by little, moment by moment, day by day, And this isn't just for the parents. This is just, like I said, this is for everyone. And I want to leave you today with three things that God promises. God promises that he's going to protect you. God promises that he will position you. And the last thing is God promises that that he's going to prepare you. And like I said, greater the assignment, greater the assistance. So if you're struggling as a parent today and or whatever that looks like, we're going to sing this song again. And I'm gonna have our pastors come up because we've all shed some tears. Maybe we're going through some things this morning. I know that I have cried more times than not. I almost broke down in the office with Bryn and I said, I'm so sorry. I was trying to pull myself together because we have tough days. And a lot of the time we have to encourage ourselves, or we have to get in a position where that people, you can be willing to listen to those around you because they've got what you need. They've got that silver coin that you need in that moment. So Holy Spirit, we just thank you, Lord, so much that you protect us, that you position us, and that you have promises for us in the end, Lord. And faithful that you are and all that your promises are they're yes and amen and we worship you this morning because we know what you have for us is so good if we can just little by little day by day press on if we do not grow weary in well-doing we will reap the harvest lord i thank you for all the parents that are here in this room all the grandparents all those that have raised a child that or that have walked beside somebody that has raised a child. I pray that you give them a special anointing to continue to do what they're doing, Lord. And I just encourage them. And I say, you are doing a great job. And we thank you, Lord, that you are a good father and that we can look to you in the moments that we are struggling, that when we don't know which way to go, we know that you are a good father, that you don't leave us, you don't forsake us, but you're right there alongside of us saying, you've got this. We thank you, Lord, and we just open up this time of prayer and we rejoice with those who rejoice and we mourn with those who mourn. And it's okay to say, I'm not okay. It's okay to say, I'm struggling. Would you pray for me? It's okay because you're good, Lord. And we know that you're gonna come alongside us and give us vision, you're gonna give us peace, and you're gonna give us wisdom, Lord. 
We love you. We praise you this morning. In Jesus' name. If you just need prayer, if you just need encouragement, I want you to take a few moments as we sing this song.